ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome into the Friday, June 15th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Coming up this hour, we're going to hear from one of the main men in Conference USA. A lot of things happening for the league, and Tim McNamara is going to join us, Director of Communications for Conference USA. He's going to give us a, a little perspective on what's happening with the league as far as, of course, the scheduling change is the big thing we're going to talk about with him. And, of course, we'll talk a little bit about the media package that was announced not that long ago. So Tim's coming up on the program a little bit later on. I'll get your phone calls in if we've got time. There's a few things I want to talk about. I was going to lead off with the great news that Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick, he's going to be part of the NCAA Division One Football Oversight Committee. Again, he's going to be there at least through 2022 and I think that's great news we're going to get into that later on in the program talk about that more in detail but a story that's been breaking it's still going on right now we're trying to get more details and we'll have hopefully next week we'll have some more insight on this because right now everyone's scrambling that covers middle Tennessee earlier we found out that Four Middle Tennessee players, David Simmons, Tyreek Dixon, Antoine Johnson, and Davian Thomas, they announced their decision. They're going to transfer from the program this week. Now, the latter three that were mentioned, they made their announcements within minutes of each other. So if you follow Eric Bacharach on Twitter, he works for the Daily News Journal. He's covering this. We're going to try to get him on sometime in the near future next week. But that's huge for Middle Tennessee. They're losing major players. Johnson, he was going to be one of the big men for Middle Tennessee, one of their main scoring options. So he's a guy that they're not going to have the count on anymore. Also, that program's had some difficulties here with their coaching staff. It's an overhaul there. Uh, You're going to have coaching staff overhaul. You're going to lose some major players on your squad, you're not going to see the same Middle Tennessee team that you saw last season. It's not happening because you've got seniors who are leaving, you've got players who are transferring out, and you've got a coaching staff that's in transition. It's not going to be Middle Tennessee of old. Whatever they put on the court, it's going to be interesting to see if they can bounce back. I don't think so. And then... Middle Tennessee's athletic department, they sent out a statement not that long ago to address everything. Statement reads, a series of decisions over an extended period of time in which university, athletic department, and team policies were violated led to these dismissals. I wish these players the best of luck in their future endeavors. And that is coming from Nick McDevitt. Also, They touch upon Tyreek. Now, Tyreek requested a transfer, the statement reads, and in our meeting, the statement read, we all agreed that this was the best course of action. Now, the statement is regarding Antoine Johnson and Davion Thompson. I'm sorry, Antoine Johnson and Davion Thomas. So this regards Johnson and Thomas, and then with Dixon, 
he's I'm out. I want out of this. So all of a sudden, you don't have a team. Middle Tennessee was going to be a player, I thought, in Conference USA, along with Marshall, along with Western Kentucky. Those were definitely three of maybe my top five in this league coming up. Now, Marshall and Western Kentucky. Middle's not even going to be a player, I don't think. They're not going to be a factor. This might be the worst season they've ever had in Conference USA coming up because they're going to be totally depleted. I don't know how you replenish the talent that you're losing that you had on your team that's also leaving. So we're going to find out more, hopefully, over the next few days what's going on. It's still an ongoing story. I do recommend, though, if you're on Twitter, what you need to do is follow Eric Bacharach. He works for the Daily News Journal. We hope to have him on the program later on next week to give us a little bit more of a outline of what's happening, why it's happening, and maybe give us a, a timeline of events. So I'm interested, to say the least, to see what's going on there. And, of course, as I said, we're going to get into a lot this hour. I do want to talk about in more depth about Mike Hamrick back on the NCAA Division I Football Oversight Committee. His deal has been extended through 20. 20- 22. That's a big deal, not just for Marshall, but also for Conference USA. He has a lot of respect in a lot of circles, and being part of the oversight committee definitely gives him over a lot of athletic directors. And it also shows that he's doing a good job. Plain and simple. There's a lot of high-level stuff going on in these meetings that we don't know about, and he's part of it. So he's going to be on top of a lot of things that only most of us wish we knew about. Good stuff coming up. We'll talk about that and definitely going to get into what's happening with Conference USA as far as uh, the league is concerned. The schedule, the basketball schedule. And that's interesting now because middle... Western Kentucky, Marshall, all I thought pegged to be in that top spot. I thought they were going to be in that top spot fighting it out, and I was looking forward to the new schedule with middle, Western, Marshalls in there. You get to play Marshall, Western Kentucky again. You'll see them three times. You'll see them three times, maybe four. Because they're your travel partner, and so Marshall and Western Kentucky are going to see each other twice, and then most likely they're going to be in that upper echelon. You'll see them a third time, and then possibly Conference USA. That excites me because I think that's one of the premier rivalries. But the other rivalry in Conference USA is Western Kentucky and Middle. I mean, Marshall's getting in there as well, but Middle, Western Kentucky, 100 miles of hate, love that rivalry. That's a great game. That's a great series. And those two schools have a good thing going. And now it seems that Western Kentucky might be starting to take the edge there for at least a couple of seasons until they can rebuild, if they can, with everything that's going on. That also, in a way, damages Conference USA. What's going on at middle damages the league because you were counting on Marshall, Western Kentucky, middle, Definitely those three and a few others to carry this league. That's why you're investing in this new pod system. You want to put your best foot forward. And I think Conference USA right now, without a good middle Tennessee, 
it hurts the league. Someone's going to step up and fill that void. I don't know which team's going to do it, but right now, middle, as far as I'm concerned, is out of the game. They're taking a huge loss here in basketball. We'll find out more as the few days we have over the weekend progress. And back here on Monday, I'm hoping we'll have some more answers for you. Okay, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take our first break. We'll come back, and we're going to talk to Tim McNamara. He is Director of Communications for Conference USA. We're going to get his thoughts on everything that's happening the last few weeks in the league as far as the basketball schedule we're talking about here, how important that is. Also, I'm going to try to see if we can find a little bit more out about the TV deal from him. We'll get your phone calls in later on. Of course, you can find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. I'll read your responses. If they're pretty good, we'll get them on the air. And, of course, uh, you can also call the program at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Tim McNamara coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't worry, Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Let's welcome to the program now from Conference USA, Director of Communications, Tim McNamara. And Tim, it's been a pretty busy time here in the offseason for Conference USA. Several announcements, a new television deal was announced uh, recently, but... What we're going to talk to you about today is what's, I'm sure, got a lot more traction across the country, and I'm sure you've seen it already with the new innovative schedule that the league released. It's been a couple of weeks now since this came out. How much positive feedback have you seen for this? You know, Paul, it's funny. Uh, I've been here four years. We've done a lot of newfangled different things in my time. We're always looking to reinvent the wheel, trying to stay ahead, you know, being not a power five conference, not having those resources, we always are looking for an edge. This has gotten the most positive feedback of anything we've really done. Uh, I mean, it's it was overwhelming. I mean, even in this office, people walking around going, hey, did you see that? It was on, you know, PTI. It was on the bottom line, scrolling all night. It's, it's everywhere. And uh, I collect clippings, obviously. And I mean, the most I'd ever gotten covering this schedule. So we've been really thrilled with the reaction it's gotten. How much... Do you think that other conferences are now going to look towards Conference USA to model this? Because once it's out there and people see how innovative it really is and if it works, how much fear do you have that, okay, in a couple of years, this isn't really going to be as special and maybe other conferences are going to take this idea and then we're going to be right back at ground zero? You know, the more the merrier, in my opinion. I mean, in the end, you're just protecting your seating and explore a way to do that. I think that creates a better field for the tournament in all. Um, I, you know, you heard this year there was some frustration with, you know, the way the seating worked and the way teams went, the way the bids went. And I think that the more parity we can get and get more conferences represented through a multi-bid, I think that's good for Conference USA and all the other conferences in the long run. There's been some talk maybe eventually expanding the tournament, uh, and something like this would really help as far as getting more exposure. Uh, As far as this season coming up with this new format, how much of a push do you think you're really going to see as far as people talking about it, getting television exposure for this? Because if I'm a television partner, I'm looking for games to carry, I'm definitely going to cherry pick all these, right? 
you are, yeah. And uh, I think it's gaining huge momentum. I've, I've heard 72 a lot. We actually uh, forwarded a recommendation to support the ACC, which did the same, which pushed that forward. They're the ones that originally said they wanted 72, and we followed suit, and I think other leagues are going to follow suit. More the merrier, uh, bigger bracket, more fun for the fans, more games, more teams. I mean, it's already a big tournament. Why not You know, make it more more of a big dance, if you will, and get more people involved. Uh, Like I said earlier, the more multi-bid leagues we can get, the more fun this is. And so I support it. I know that our league does, and our coaches would love it. And we're a league that kind of took a hit this past year. We we had a team that we felt like was an at-large team. Didn't work out. Had we had 72, probably would have worked out. So uh, we understand the frustration more than anyone at Conference USA, and 72 would be awesome. More would be even better, in my opinion. Yeah, and initiatives like this definitely get the word out about Conference USA teams. And mm-hmm. with this now, these are going to be the premium games. Uh, you're looking at, I'm sure, every single one of these games, at least being on your high-profile media partners once you come out with the schedule. Was that part of the uh, the idea here is let's toughen up our schedule a little bit. Same time, let's offer some premium games here, which our media partners are definitely going to want to take advantage of. Yeah, that was uh, that was one of multiple multiple reasons we we moved toward this. We saw simply too many positives in the format to you know it just simply outweighed the you know the few negatives, which are last second travel, little things like that. We were like, there's just too much there's too much good that can come from this. Uh, we can improve our NCAA tournament seed. We can get multiple bids. We can protect RPIs. We can grow programs at the top. And on the back end of this, grow programs that are at the bottom in rebuild mode. So you're not hanging those teams out to dry either. They're also playing for something. And uh, with the TV partner aspect, yeah, we knew uh, we knew that they were going to be hot commodities in the selection process, and we anticipate that being the case. Was it an easy sell with most of the coaches knowing that after a certain point, your seed, at least your lowest seed possible, mm-hmm. is locked? So if I – I'm a team that's in that first bracket, that first group. I don't finish any lower than five, and I can excel to possibly one, two. I can really improve my spot. So was that what maybe helped push this over a little bit with the coaches? Yeah, it, it was. Uh, coaches were pretty uh, were unanimously for this. It was it was really cool to see that actually at our when we met with them and uh, the protecting of the seeds is a major part of it for sure. So like. Like you said, one through five are protected within, and that allows you to, if you're a number one team, for example, if you have a loss in those final couple weeks, it's not a loss where the the committee writes you off immediately. Uh, It's a loss that actually, in some cases, can help. And, uh, you know, protecting seeds the bottom line, because once you get to the tournament, you want to still play the best possible teams at the tournament if you're a top team. And that also helps with the selection process there as you come down to the wire at the end of the season. Now, after all games are completed, top 12 teams will um, be seated in the tournament here. Um, what's what's the goal for the, the second and third pods here? What are you trying to achieve with them as well? Because this is really going to help the top five probably the most. But what are you aiming to do here with teams 6 through 10 11 through 14 to, to really make it worth their while. Also, maybe try to help them out a little bit. Uh, there's a couple couple aims with those bottom two pods, uh, the middle and the, and the bottom one. I think creating competitive matchups at the end of the season uh, garners the attention of fans, media. Uh, it, it helps. 
you know, if you have competitive games at the end, that's always good. And you're allowing teams of similar strength. I think that you're also allowing them to build their programs. Uh, if you know, you don't have a team that's just simply, you know, if you have the 12 or 13 team in the league with a you know first year coach, for example, playing a team that's three, it's just you know that doesn't garner any interest. And so with this style, especially like six through 10, you're getting teams that are, you know, they're playing for not just seating there, but they're building their programs in that middle area, trying to get into that upper echelon. And you create fun matchups across the board, not just in the top pod. I think across the board, you have good games and opportunities for programs to build. Now, 11 through 14, same aim there, at least to give those teams something a little bit more worthwhile to play for towards the end. Yeah, yeah, it gives them games that they can win. Uh, it gives them a chance to fight for seed. You know, if you're uh, if you're only two games behind the 12 seed and you're the 14 seed, your chances are you're playing 11 and 12. You, I mean, I know you are. That's, I mean, that's the formula. So you get a chance at them. You get a crack. So if you're, I mean, it'd be kind of disappointing if you're a 13 or 14 team and your likelihood of beating the three and the six team in your final two games probably not high, much higher against 11 and 12, just statistically. And it gives your guys energy. Uh, it gives you those those early March games right before a conference tournament. It gives those games more energy and makes them more fun for the fans. So, you know, I, I think top to bottom, it just it's great for us. Tim McNamara joining us, Director of Communications for Conference USA. And we mentioned earlier travel considerations, and maybe that's a negative. We don't know how it's going to work out until we actually see the seeds. But you know, what's the league doing to try to make sure that travel isn't going to be that big of a factor if, uh, say, a Marshall has to go out to UTEP or a Texas team has to travel to the East Coast? Uh, what's the league going to try to do, or how are you working that out to maybe minimize some of the disadvantages there? So we knew travel, just specifically with our league, probably I might even argue more than any other league that plays Division One men's basketball. We're in three time zones. We have a we have travel complexities. Other leagues simply don't have to have. Uh, regardless of that, we pushed forward because our coaches wanted it and knew it was in the best interest of the league and their program. So, with the travel uh, portion, obviously that was discussed. Uh, we are stretching out our games those final few weeks. We're going to do Wednesday, Saturday instead of Thursday to give teams time to plan travel between. And the team simply said they were going to will, they were willing to do it. And you know, if Marshall's the number one seed and two through five are the four Texas schools, uh, Marshall's going to be in Texas for you know uh, a week and back in, and that's just the way it's going to play out. And you know, we, we were thrilled the coaches made the commitment to just you know handle it. Uh, we have great director of operations on every staff, and uh, our our teams are used to the. Uh, <laughs> the roughness of our travel, uh, it's, it's simply not easy. We, we deal with issues other leagues never will have to deal with. Most leagues are bus leagues, uh, or at least they're in the same time zone. And we're mountain to the East Coast, uh, beach to the desert, to the forest. We're all of it. So our coaches, you know, they committed to it. And, you know, kudos to them to improve the league's profile. Now, speaking of league profile, I won't buzz you too much on it because the details, I'm sure there are still some details to be, to, be, to be discussed, but the Television Profile Conference USA has definitely improved with the addition of the ESPN component. If you could just talk a little bit about 
what that means to Conference USA, just being back with ESPN and being part of their new platform. Yeah, well, the ESPN component was big for us. Uh, we, we had been talking with them for a while, and we knew the fans wanted it, and uh, the players and the coaches love being on ESPN. We understand the, the level of the platform, and we had had it the last couple years uh, in, you know, to a, in a smaller capacity. We pulled our inventory with this deal. Uh, it's a much more lucrative deal than our previous ESPN deal, and uh, being able to fill in games on that platform, specifically uh, not just football, men's and women's basketball and baseball, but we're getting championships across the board on there, cross-country, swimming. I mean, all of those are going to be on ESPN uh, platforms. And so we understand the value of it. And CBS and Stadium, we signed that deal back in March. They got their first crack at games, but it's awesome that ESPN gets to come in and round out the football schedule for starters. Uh, I can't remember the exact numbers, 45 or so games. Uh, the remaining football games we hadn't had selected yet are now all on ESPN platforms, and we get to launch with the new ESPN Plus, and we know the fans love it. And so that was big for us. We were, we're really happy with that. A lot, of, a lot of good things going on with the league right now. There's been some and very minor, maybe negative thoughts towards this, that you're not on the over-the-air or you're not on the cable platform, you're on the streaming platform, that's going to be difficult for some fans. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like it's a more of a win-win in my perspective because you're going to where the fans are and going to where the people are. Um, did that weigh any on your decision to, to pretty much go almost all in on digital? Uh, yeah, we always are thinking about both sides of it. Uh, I personally still prefer watching the game on you know, ESPN or CBS on the channel in Dallas. Uh, I won't lie, but we we also have to follow the numbers. And so with CBS and Stadium, they have over-the-air options. And CBS will have our football championship. Uh, they'll have our basketball championships. That'll all be on cable. They'll still do selections for cable. Uh, plenty of men's basketball will still be over the air. Uh, they got to select first, and then, you know, Stadium selects, and then ESPN comes in and picks up the digital options. And, you know, we're trying to diversify the portfolio, for lack of a better term. We understand we have fans everywhere. And the numbers each year, if you just, if you look at our, our statistics, it just says every year more and more people go to ESPN platforms. Nowadays, it's even more people that are going to social media platforms. The numbers we got off uh, putting a couple of football games on Facebook last year alone were uh, honestly mind boggling. Even for a guy like me, I'm 28. I, I wouldn't think go to Facebook to watch a football game, but I mean, you're getting numbers like over a million in terms of impressions. Uh, it's just amazing. And so we're, we're cognizant of our fans, and we, we want to put games everywhere, and we're trying to do the best we can to spread, spread it all out. And the ESPN platform is one that speaks for itself. And from what we've gathered, people love it when we go there. So that's why we tripled our inventory on ESPN platforms. So uh, we'll still have over the air, though, for sure. We, we'll never forget about people that love cable and – uh, the old school style that I still prefer myself. So that that's how we're kind of going about it right now. Tim McNamara, guest director of communications for Conference USA. And, and just a follow up to that. Now that you have ESPN, ESPN Plus part of the portfolio, what happens to CUSA TV? Because I know that was an important step for this league to try to compensate for a few years and at least to put your foot into this space. So CUSA TV will still pick up, you know, a lot of the games that 
aren't going to be on ESPN's platform. We still have, I mean, we have so many games, uh, volleyball, soccer. Uh, we still have some, we have plenty of basketball games left uh, that are home contests, non-conference games, the like. Uh, ESPN, the, the beauty of that is it's a revolving door. You know, we can always add more later. So COSA TV, as of now, is slated to pick up games, you know, throughout the year that simply have not been pushed to ESPN yet. But as our production standards continue to increase on campus and we get where we're trying to go, more and more games are going to move to ESPN. But COSA TV, uh, it'll, it's going to have less than it's had in the last couple of years, but it'll still be a, a part of this entire process for games that simply haven't been selected or uh, the production isn't available to put it on a different platform. Do you feel that CUSA TV was that needed step to get everyone to that point where they could make this step to ESPN? Because ESPN has really strong standards as far as their production, and yep. everyone's going to be required to do this. So was that important that maybe have this mid-step to get to this point? Absolutely. Uh, we saw other conferences doing similar digital networks, and I know it helped other conferences uh, as they went through that growing process. Uh, so with USA TV, we knew that it was going to help people sort of understand the movement we were making, uh, understand the way things are kind of changing. It's just, it simply isn't pull up the TV truck, put it on channel 48 anymore. You know, it's, it's just not that simple anymore. There's too many ways to deliver the content. And so you got to be more flexible and we've made tremendous strides on our campuses. I, I mean, I'd commend our 14 schools, the video departments, in some cases, one to two people and having to hire out more people during games. It's been really impressive watching the growth. Uh, a school like Marshall, for example, uh, tremendous strides. Uh, great job with ha- by Hamrick and his crew getting all that done. So, uh, yeah, I think CUSA TV, like you said, was a gateway toward bigger things, and we'll continue to use USA TV. Um, our production, we're still proud of the production we get from our schools for the games that are on there for, you know, your random Wednesday uh, non-conference women's soccer game is going to be on USA TV. And I'm glad the fans of the team, the parents of the kids, are still able to watch that game somewhere. Uh, that's, that's the beauty of it, and we're really happy with where we are with all of them. Tim Mack. Director of Communications for Conference USA. Tim, before I let you go, uh, I just want to briefly ask you, since you mentioned Marshall University's Athletic Director, Mike Hamrick, uh, he is reappointed to the NCAA Division I Football Oversight Committee. Uh, how important is it to have uh, someone like Mike in a position like that? Very important. Uh, the, the committees that they put together out there at the NCAA offices, uh, they they make major decisions. And I don't think enough publicity is given to the committees. A lot of the times uh, you'll see people put on the committees and it's just not really talked about much. And, you know, I understand why it's not as cool or, you know, whatever, edgy, new, modern, but those committees make major changes. And Mike uh, speaks for him. So I, I mean, I love Mike. Mike knows his stuff. He's been around a long time. He's seen it done in a lot of different ways. Having him on a committee of that importance is huge. Uh, my own commissioner has just been appointed to a couple committees that we'll be announcing here in the next couple weeks. Uh, getting our our top lieutenants into the offices uh, up there in Indy and into those rooms is big, and it gives Conference USA a voice uh, in that room. And so, yeah, I mean, having Hamrick in there is awesome. Uh, and he's to keep doing a great job with that university. He's, he's really done a wonderful job with that athletic department. Great people over there.
Tim McNamara, our guest. Tim, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you doing this today on Friday, and uh, hope to get you back soon. And uh, looking forward to uh, seeing what's next for Conference USA. It really feels like over the last few weeks, Conference USA has taken some major strides that uh, have really, I think, um, reasserted their leadership position, if not with the group of five, or at least as a trailblazer in some new directions. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Paul. Tim McNamara, our guest, Director of Communications for Conference USA. We'll take our first break, come back, and we'll continue on with your phone calls. It is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 877-420-TALK, the number to be a part of the program. Welcome back. It's your Friday edition of The Drive. I'm your host, Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Didn't want to overlook it. We mentioned it earlier, but I want to go into a little bit of detail. Marshall University's uh, Director of Athletics, Mike Hamrick. His term as Conference USA's representative on the NCAA's Division I Football Oversight Committee has been extended four years to June 30th of 2022. He's been a part of that committee since uh, July of 2016. Now, those of you not familiar with what the committee does, the Football Oversight Committee, they, they ensure that appropriate oversight of football for both the football bowl subdivision and football championship subdivision is maintained. They also enhance the development of the sport. They make recommendations related to regular season and postseason football. They also prioritize enhancement of the student-athlete educational experience. Uh, We're talking academically and athletically. And in doing so, they promote student-athletes' personal growth. Leadership development is what their mission is. They work in conjunction with appropriate governance entitled to provide solutions to issues impacting the health and safety of football student athletes. That's the mission. That's the that's the it was typed out because it looks good, but it doesn't read good. Now, uh, here's the um, here's the quote from the release. Uh, Here's what Mike Hamrick had to say. Uh, It has been an honor to serve on one of the NCAA's most prestigious committees. Continuing to serve the great game of football and impact its betterment has been one of my most rewarding experiences uh, of my career. Now, here's what else the committee does. They supervise procedures for licensing of postseason bowls and qualifications and or selection procedures for the FCS championship. They also review recommendations for the NCAA Division I Football Championship Committee. And they process other issues related to the administration of the FCS championship. They assume many of the duties of the former NCAA Division I Football Issues Committee. They also provide direction to the NCAA Football Rules Committee regarding playing rules governing FBS and FCS football. Basically, they make a lot of things happen in football, the game of football. So uh, it's good to know that uh, you've got Mike Hamrick. He's on the committee again. He's going to stay through 2022. That's a big deal. Not only did you get your first term, but you get a second term. You also um, you are able to know what's going on, keep your your finger on the pulse of college football. It helps him as an athletic director because he's definitely privy to a lot of things that other athletic directors maybe wouldn't have access to. Also, it makes him a big deal as far as uh, athletic directors are concerned. I mean, you've got to look at these uh, members of the committees 
And you see Mike Hamrick's been there for a while. It helps him. It definitely helps him as far as networking, building relationships. It's a big deal. It's really a um, – it's not this token title that you get to be on the committee. It's not, okay, we're going to show up, yeah, have, have some laughs, talk it over a little bit. No, this is a really important member of college football landscape, the committee. I mean, it as a group, it really shapes football. All right, we went a little long in our last segment, so we're going to take our next and final break. We'll come back. We'll get some of your phone calls in. We'll do so at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More on the way. The Drive continues on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back. Friday edition of The Drive. It's ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't forget, you can listen to the program anytime you don't catch it live. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio. We're on TuneIn. Just wherever you get your podcast. And if you can't get the show where you get your podcast, you got two options. Let us know or get your podcast somewhere else. And, of course, if you're on Apple Podcasts, hey, always remember, leave us a review. We love five-star reviews. If you like what we're doing, let other people know so they can find the show as well. Okay. Keep an eye on things that are happening in Conference USA. And uh, we found out that UTEP's got some different initiatives trying to get more fan involvement, trying to be a program that connects with the fans. And they had a press conference yesterday. Uh, Director of Athletics Jim Center there briefed the media. They've got uh, several initiatives. They've got something they've called the Every Person Makes a Difference press conference. And, of course, they hashtag that thing, EPMAD. Hashtag EPMAD. So this was their press conference. Here's um, here's what the athletic director said. He said, since arriving in El Paso and assuming... Our fans have continuously told me that they are from our department. More engagement, more options, more fun, more winning. I feel confident that the winning is going to happen. What we feel strongly about is that we need everyone to be more involved and committed to the process of what it takes to win. The truth is we believe that every person makes a difference. Hashtag EP mad. That's actually in, this, in the story here. And today's announcement are just a few examples of how we have been engaging our fans and will continue to look for new and creative ways to involve everyone so they can be a positive difference maker for UTEP athletics. Okay. Now, the EP Mad, I'm sorry, I need to do it right. I apologize. The hashtag EP Mad campaign. As a corporate sponsor for UTEP athletics, uh, Albertsons will be selling exclusive limited editions. Quote, Difference Maker T-shirts. Albertsons is proud to support UTEP as a difference maker. This is uh, Lori Rayla, president of Albertsons. Albert, yeah, whatever. This is Lori Rayla, president of Albertsons. UTEP makes a difference in the lives of its students each day. It is an honor to be the exclusive retail partner for UTEP's Difference Maker t-shirt. So, okay, they got a t-shirt. Town hall meetings are coming up. 
they've compiled a top 10 list of items most frequently brought up by fans at the series of town hall meetings they had across El Paso. Here's some items. One, fixed tailgating. Tailgating's broke at UTEP, so fix that. Two, get UTEP students more involved in athletics. Students, get involved. I don't, uh, okay. Three, make games more fun. Basically, UTEP games are not fun. Make them fun. Four, add baseball and men's soccer. That would actually be smart. If UTEP added men's soccer, that would probably be really smart on their part. Five, you'll love this one. Go to the Mountain West Conference. Get out of Conference USA. Go to the Mountain West. We want out of this league. Go to the Mountain West Conference. I'm embellishing, but you get the point. Six, better marketing. Seven, develop and create traditions. No traditions at UTEP. None. Eight, uh, engage the east side. Nine, build community spirit. And ten, build a Spanish-speaking fan base. I think a lot of these are actually valid, not just for UTEP, for, for a lot of universities. They also have a 30-member UTEP fan council. They launched this, and they had their first meeting already. Items on the top 10 list from the town halls were discussed. UTEP athletics officials also gave presentations on the budget, the conference situation, and the marketing plan for 2018-19. The fan council is going to gather quarterly. Next meeting scheduled for September 4th. I can't attend, but uh, I'd be interested. Um, They're also going to... um, Enhance game day experience with the addition of the Fan Fest. It's going to be uh, located in the Memorial Gym parking lot uh, facing Glory Road and Randolph Drive, if you're familiar with uh, UTEP at all. Uh, The Fan Fest is going to be free to the public and suitable for all ages with food, music, entertainment, and kid-friendly games. Uh, The Fan Fest will be open uh, for the minor season opener versus Northern Arizona. Also, uh, they're going to have a kids' club. I'm not going to go too much into that. Um, it's a free membership, uh, courtesy of First Light Federal Credit Union. That's pretty smart on their part to get uh, somebody to foot the bill for that. That's a pretty cool deal. Also, uh, they're going to have – I like this one, actually. I actually like a lot of their suggestions. But here's one. The new Miner Savings Magazine. You'll like this. It's free to all UTEP fans and provides special savings and rewards from local restaurants and businesses. The UTEP football schedule card features a year-long BOGO Church's chicken meal deal. I don't know if that's a big deal, but you get a BOGO Church's chicken meal deal, that sounds like something somebody might take advantage of. Fans can present their schedule card at participating minor savings locations for deals, Thankfully, they don't have the list here. I have to go online to get it, and I'm not going to go down that. Also, Miners Got Talent. Yes, Miners Got Talent. It's their competition Their competition for 2018. The talent show open to all ages, individuals, and groups. Tryouts um, will be sometime this month. Fans are going to vote for their favorite performers. 
The lucky winners will be selected to perform at halftime of UTEP men's and women's basketball home games with the top three finalists receiving cash prizes. Not a fan of the name. It's actually kind of an interesting concept there. Get a little bit more people involved, some community engagement. You know how these, these talent contests work. You get a lot of people who have some talent, some don't, some do, and you get them to put a performance together thinking, okay, I've got a shot here if I can get all my friends and family involved here, and then you're going to have fans voting. And You know how it works. Hey, don't forget, vote for me. I'm competing for this. I can perform at halftime. Vote for me. You're going to get all your Facebook friends and Twitter friends. You're going to do all this, and it's going to be a popularity contest. But still, uh, they're doing some things trying to get people involved. Actually, I can't really rip on most of this. I love this top ten, though. The fixed tailgating, get the students involved, make games more fun, add a couple of sports we don't have, and number five is my, my kicker here. Go to the Mountain West Conference. And better marketing as well. Build community spirit. I mean, you could just you could strip this and apply it to almost any school. Would you like to see Marshall have a similar campaign? A every person makes a difference campaign. You could have you'd have town hall meetings. Sort of a, a town hall. You get up there and you tell you tell Mike Hamrick what's wrong. Mike, fix tailgating. Mike, get us out of this conference. Mike, make games more fun. You know, this would be interesting, to say the least. All right, a little fun towards the end. Thanks for Gabriel Sellers taking good care of us. I'm Paul Swan. That's going to do it for this edition of The Drive. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Huntington Sports Station.